0: what have i to dread what have i to fear leaning on the everlasting arms i have blessed peace with my lord so near leaning on the everlasting how how bright the path grows from day to day when we walk in that pilgrim way that's what we've been teaching on for a while now actually the significance and the importance of God's word to his children to those that he has saved by quickening their souls with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ it is our duty to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, as pertaining to the scriptures what the scriptures says about it not to uh, come up with our own vision or version if you will of the gospel of Jesus Christ but we have the duty to preach it according to the scriptures The scriptures are the word of God. They are right. We will quickly on our own get out of what's right, won't we? Easily. Because of the sinful nature that still exists within us. Turn me to begin with to John chapter 15 this morning. John chapter 15. Now again, for several lessons now, We have been going through several scriptures. Psalms 34 uh, tells us that it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Uh, Proverbs 3 and 5 says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not unto your own understanding. And that's exactly what I was just talking about when I said the Word of God is always correct. It's always right. It's always pertinent. It's always significant for us. And for the way that we follow Jesus Christ. Because it is a depiction, uh, this Bible is a depiction of Jesus Christ as perfection. And what does God require of His people? He requires perfection. And as we see in Romans 8, we are being conformed to that state of perfection. We are being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is perfection, isn't He? We've seen that He uh, is the Word of God. When we look into His Word, we're looking into Him. When we uh, take of our day, the time, and put it into God's Word, we seek His Word, we are seeking and we are finding By the Holy Spirit of God revealing Jesus Christ to us, Him. We're finding Jesus Christ. And so, He takes His place in our life. The Holy Spirit of God is indwelling you because He saved you. God did. And He imputed what perfectness, if I can use that word. What perfection, what righteousness. It was the righteousness of His Son, Who earned that status of perfect? He earned it because he lived it. And he lived it because he loved his people. He has promised not to lose one sheep. And he is the faithful God. All his promises are true. All right. In John chapter 15, and I I realize we're all familiar with this scripture. where uh, the Lord declares himself as the true vine and that we are the branches and that we are to dwell on or in this true vine. And we've had some lessons not too long ago when we were over in the cottage building uh, where I drew a tree and, and we talked about being grafted in and, and we saw Jesus Christ as the true vine that the branches branch forth from. And this new life that we're living has branched forth from Jesus Christ, from God, because we've been grafted in to this tree of life who depicts Jesus Christ. Verse one. John chapter fifteen and verse one says, I am and that tells us who's speaking right there, doesn't it? He is the great I am. He told Moses, tell him that I am that I am sent you I am the true vine and my father is the husband every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring, bring forth more fruit when we go through trials and hard times in our lives that God allows or they wouldn't happen he is in control God's in control Amen. of all things A lot of times, maybe all the time, I don't know. It's God purging us from ourselves. And when He does that, it's beneficial to us because what He's doing is He's cutting away the love of the world. He's cutting away the flesh. The Bible used circumcision as an example of this, cutting away the flesh. And God gave this ordinance uh, to Abraham. The cutting away of the flesh. And that's what happens when God purges us, or He trims us back, if you will. He prunes the branches that are a part of Him, right? A part of the tree of life. He trims them off, and it's to their benefit. Well, Chuck trims his grapevines, he don't want to. It hurts him to cut them. But they benefit, see. And they do what? They bring forth more fruit. Verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me? For I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Nothing. You see, that's why we're standing on the rock of Jesus Christ. Because everything else we're going to sink in. Only in Jesus Christ are we to abide. And as we do, As we do, the Word of God convicts us and God uses it to trim the branches back. He uses it to purge sin and even the love of sinful things out of our minds and our hearts. And we're able to bring forth more fruit. I want you to notice in verse 3 particularly, he says, Now... He's he's purged us in verse 2, remember? He's trimmed back the branches. He's pruned the grapevine. Now that that's done, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So one of the benefits when we seek God in His word, when we open up this book and read it and study it, And look for answers that we have, answers to questions that we have in our ability to walk like Him. And there are questions and we have them, don't we? Absolutely. A lot of things come up and we wonder what would Jesus do? Well, we may not find an exact example of the situation, but we know that Jesus is the answer. And He will show us in His Word what we have need of to learn. To go through what we're going through. To learn what we need to learn to be like Him. So, in verse 3, He says, You are clean through the Word. Through the Word. That's important. Very important. Psalm chapter 119 that's the big one. Psalm 119, verse 1. Psalm 119. Psalm one nineteen. having trouble talking this morning. Psalm 119, and verse 1 says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. We're doing that when we seek answers to the questions we have as we are being conformed to jesus christ the questions we have as we walk in this life should i should i not would that be pleasing would that not be pleasing to god blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the lord who's jesus christ the way the truth and the life blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with a whole heart that's us reading the Bible I want us to see that personal application this morning it's us reading the Bible blessed are we as we do so they also do no iniquity verse 3 they walk in his ways Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Who does that directing? It's him, you see. It's him. He's leading us. He's leading us. Then shall I not be ashamed, verse 6, when I have respect unto all Thy commandments. That's the trouble with man today. That's the trouble with the world today. There's no respect to God's commandments. There's no respect to God's Word. There's no respect to God. That's right. Verse 7 says, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. And that's that soft new heart you are talking about earlier. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgment. I will keep thy statutes, O forsake me not utterly. Now notice verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. You see, the word of God cleanses us as we learn of him in and through his word. It cleanses us. It starts with the mind because, and I'll go back to what I was saying earlier, We have questions. uh, Should I be involved in this? Should I be thinking these thoughts? Should I do or not do certain things? We have those questions. And when we answer those questions with God's Word, it cleanses us. It's cleansing, the Word of God is, because it has an effect on our minds and hearts that leads us in a path. And that path is a path of righteousness. I want you to notice that we're not just walking blindly, like we're walking blindly out in the woods, you don't know where we're going. But the path has already been traveled. The path of a perfect and righteous life has already been walked. You see what Jesus did? He paved the way. He made the trail. And all the things that would get in your way or steer you off of the path of righteousness that He's already walked, He's already paved the way for you, He's defeated. Anything that would get in your way, anything that would take you off the path of righteousness, any evil that is after you to pull you away from your path of righteousness, Jesus is already defeated. Every single one. He's defeated. So you see, the path is there already laid out. And we have the instruction book. Old man has tried to destroy it for centuries. And in the past century, man has tried to dilute it and change it so that nobody gets their feelings hurt when they read it. Let me tell you. Your feelings, getting hurt, is a part of God's plan for you. You see, He convicts you. And he shows you who you are naturally without Him. And your ability without Him, we've already read it, what are you able to do without Him? Nothing, see. Nothing spiritually. Because without Him, you're spiritually separated from Him or spiritually dead. All right. Now turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're all familiar with these verses. I know that we are. That the husband is to love his wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. And notice in verse 26, the reason is that he gives is that he might sanctify and cleanse the church. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word of God. You see, God uses his word. He used his word to save your soul. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he showed you the true gospel of Jesus Christ. But as we continue seeking him in his word, seeking his strength, Seeking His face, Psalms 105 tells us to do, forevermore, it says. to Seek His face forevermore. That's seeking Him in His Word. And as we do, again, this, uh, we read that we're not supposed to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed. Transformed, see. By the renewing of what? Our minds. The Holy Spirit does that through the Word of God. Oh, that we would commit ourselves not to neglect His Word and the reading of His Word. We've spoke some recently about praying for each other, praying for the church. And it's a very vital part of our day to pray for each other and to pray for this church our prayers don't change God's mind because God is a sovereign God and he has a plan he works that plan perfectly but it's for our benefit and he listens and he answers because he's faithful so I want us to turn to Colossians chapter 1 Colossians chapter 1. I think that's like after Philippians. And we're going to take a quick look at A Prayer of Paul's. Of course, this is a a letter from Paul to the church at Colossae. And I want to look at how he prayed for the church. Colossians chapter 1. And let's start in Verse 9. Verse 8. Who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause, verse 9, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will. In all wisdom, and spiritual understanding that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthening strengthen I'm sorry verse 11 strengthen with all might according to his glorious power praise God he gets all the glory don't he unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, verse 12, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And we know that Jesus Christ is the light, that the Holy Spirit has given us a light, and with that light, or that enlightenment, if you will, of God's Word, we see Him, So I want us to look at these few verses for just a few minutes. In verse 9, Paul's desire for the church of Colossae and his prayers to God for this, it is that they will be filled, that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will. He's asking God to fill the church at Colossae with the knowledge of what He, God, wants them to do. Right? That's what he's saying. He's asking God to fill them with the knowledge of His will. That's one of the benefits of reading and studying God's Word. What is His will for us? Well, it tells us in several places, doesn't it? So we know what His will is. It's that we believe on Him with all our heart and soul that we follow Him. The will of the Father is that Jesus Christ would lose none of the sheep that He gave to the Son even before the foundation of the world. The so will to be filled. So let's look at spiritual fullness. Being filled spiritually. Spiritually. Being filled with what? The knowledge of God's will. Being filled with the Word of God. In Psalm 23, 5, we can turn over there, but we know that it says, Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. That cup's full if it's running over, isn't it? Oil is used as a depiction, if you will, of the Holy Spirit all through the Bible. And David's talking about being filled till his cup runs over. Thou anointest my head with oil. What's in the head? The mind and the heart. I believe that's what he's talking about. And that's what he does for us. He has done for us when he gave us this free gift of it, with the saving knowledge of Him. Not just a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge, realizing that the gospel of Jesus Christ is mine. It's for me. And He hung on the cross for me. Filled with blessing. Filled with blessing. John 15:11. We were just there. And we've read it. John fifteen eleven says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. And their, your joy might be what? Full. Full. We are filled with joy in our hearts when we know that Jesus Christ is our Savior. When we know that we are walking in the path Behind him, if you will. Remember I said that he has already walked the path of righteousness. He walked his entire life perfectly. He made the way for us to be able to walk a perfect life. And we're getting there. When he comes back, we're going to be perfect because we're going to lay down these old sinful vessels, aren't we? We're going to know him when we see him. Why? We're going to be like Him. He has a sinless body. We're going to have one too. Well, He's a great Savior, isn't He? Great Savior. All right. And then back to Ephesians in chapter 1. And we'll close right here. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, in Christ Jesus, according as He hath chosen us in Him, when? Before the foundation of the world. Not when you believed on Him. He's always loved you. He's always taken care of you. You've always been His, even though you didn't know it because He had chosen you before the foundation of the world, that we should be, what? Holy and without blame before Him in love. Who is holy and without blame before God in love? Not me. But this new person is because I am in Jesus Christ, you see. It's Jesus Christ who is perfect and holy. And we are in Him. Verse 5, Having predestinated us having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of God's will. His will. To the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. We weren't, but now we are. Again, he paved the path, didn't he? He paved the path. And in paving the path at the end of his life, he gave his life to pay the price for that path verse 7 Ephesians 1 7 in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence and he continually abounds toward us in all wisdom and prudence as we learn of him and partake of this heavenly man of these provided for us. The word of God. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. That's what we're seeking, isn't it? Amen. To be like him. we got to know what his will is for us. And here, here is the plan book. That in the dispensation, uh, let's see. Verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, Amen. being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Praise the Lord. God is in control. That we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. That's faith. That's imputed faith. That we trust in Him after we heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you. Here's uh, Paul praying for another church, for the church at Ephesus. Cease not to give thanks, verse 16, for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. How do we learn? The spirit of God makes alive this word of God to us, doesn't he? He does. He reveals it to us. The wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Him. Him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. These eyes see spiritually. These ears hear spiritually. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of His mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, you see. Jesus Christ paid the price for you and your eternal life and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. He hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to you, us, the church." to the church we're his bride which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all there we are again seeing God filling us filling us with blessing filling us with joy filling us with his spirit that we might know the fullness of God what savior I'll tell you He's an awesome God, isn't He? He is so faithful. Uh, it just puts us to shame to see how faithful He is. But I'll tell you, He's changing it. He's like the potter with a lump of clay. He's shaping us. And praise God, when we see Him, how are we going to be? We're going to know Him because we're going to be like Him. And He's bringing it all about. He's an awesome Savior. May God bless the reading of His Word to the hearts today.